The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Okay, so first of all, a little intro from uh, Avos 4.2, Pirke Avos, okay? Ben Azai Omer, heavy rats, limits of Kala Kavachamura, Uborech Minavera. We're not going to dwell on this, but you'll see why I'm doing it in a second. You should run to a light mitzvah, like a strict mitzvah or a, a heavy mitzvah, uh, whatever. <laughs> and you should flee from an Avera. Because one mitzvah leads to another, one Avera leads to another. We did this last year. And the reward for one mitzvah is another, and the reward for one Avera is another. So the Rambam says, and I'm going to put on the screen the uh, translation that they have on there, but I always like using the topic better. He says, We already explained this Mishnah in the 10th parak of Sanhedrin. And the Chachamim already pointed out a wondrous point in Torah, which will make you motivated to keep mitzvahs. So if anyone's looking for mitzvah motivation, here it is, okay? It's uh, the uh, Amro. Uh, God said, Az Yavdil Moshe Shalosh Arim. Then Moshe separated out six, uh, uh, three cities. Okay, this is cities of refuge. And it was known, Sheinam Mo'ilim, that they're not going to have any benefit, okay, that these are not effective. The aim lahem din are a miklat, aj yuvdulu hashlosh acheros, shaveros kanan. And they will not, so these are cities of refuge. I'll, I'll wait till this deal's worked out and then not. Uh, all right. So, did you get that point? That was the wondrous point. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. This is a very important point. Okay. There are three cities of refuge the Moshe separated. Okay. Yeah. And you don't, they don't count as Ari Miklat until he does all six. Okay. And he only did three. Okay. And then, and then he died. All right. Um, and he knew he was going to die. Amru, Yodea Hayam Moshe Rabbeinosh, in Shalosh Shabir Ayardin, Koltos Ashi He Shalosh Shabir Kanaan. Moshe knew that the three that are on the other side of the Yardin would not um, function as, as Ari Miklat and like collect people who are fleeing until he separated the ones in uh, on the other um, in uh, Eretz Kanaan. Shnevar Shish Ari Miklat Tiena. It should be six. Lohivdil Es Elu. Ella Lafisha Omar. So why did he separate these three? Okay. And this is kind of like, I mean, this is kind of a question if you're going to learn this Mishnah. You would not pick up two of the Arba Minin, presumably, right? Because it's nothing, right? So like, that's how you should analyze this here is he's doing three Ari Miklat, but you need six in order for them to be Ari Miklat. So he's not, he's not really doing anything. Yeah. Right. But Moshe is not going to pick up the other two. Yeah, right. Moshe himself is not going to be able to do it. So, so why did he do it? The only reason he did it is he said, once a mitzvah opportunity comes into my hand, I'll do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, he, Ramam draws a call for If Moshe Rabbeinu, the one who grasped the truth and was the most perfected of all perfected people, nishtada lahosif chatsi mitzvah, if he strove to do half a mitzvah, even though he, uh, despite all of his virtues and perfections, okay, on us even more so, uh, all the more so for people like us who are, whose souls are covered in filth. Vinoshan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so the moral of the story is Moshe tried to do, uh, did half of a mitzvah because uh, even though he was very perfected, you know, and, uh, and and he still uh, he still did that anyway. Okay, so why are we doing this? Okay, I thought of this intro as I walked over here because there's a good chance that we're not going to figure out this parrot. <laughs> okay, I worked on it more with Ken. I worked on it more by myself. 
And I got lots of little pieces and we have an approach and the approach that Ken and I have is not complete and is not reflected in any of the Maparshim with the possible exception halfway of the Sporno. And, uh, and I just wanted to remind us, okay, so what, what, you know, there have been times when I have been in this situation before, when I've come to Shear, not had an idea, and then Hashem uh, uh, helps me out during the Shear. Okay, so we're, we're, we're kind of hoping on that, but we're not banking on a miracle. Um, and so at, at, at the very least, what we'll get is we will have learned a lot. We will have like tilled the soil, you know? So like, hopefully you can like, uh, you know, figure this out on your own afterwards. And also like, we will have learned individual ideas, but like this one was a difficult one. Yeah, Ariel? Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm just gonna say that like, I feel like the analogy between doing a mitzvah and learning are two separate. Yes. So you can say a kavah kamer also, because in the in the mitzvah, you don't do anything halakhically at all, but in learning, you're getting yeah, knowledge. Learning, you're getting exactly, yeah. Right. The only thing, right. The only thing is, is that you tell that to the ego and the ego's like, but well, we didn't get the idea. We didn't finish. So that's what we're heard. Yeah. You got to smack the ego around every once in a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, just move out of kicking distance. Uh, Cause you know, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Okay. Usually what we do is we do a complete review before we start delving into this. Uh, but because I found a lot of subtleties in the Hebrew and I modified the English I printed out is a slightly different one than the one that we came up with together. So I want to point out the nuances. Let's treat this as quasi review, but quasi like trying to figure stuff out. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. And you and you uh, feel free to ask any questions because you say you didn't listen to this. Okay. Um, all right. So Le David Mismore. So to David a Mismore, which uh, we said, what's the code of that mean? Oh, well, I mean, we, 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 he got real Kodesh and then said the Mizmor, right? Yeah, he was using it. I just got mixed up with using, yeah. As opposed to Mizmor Ladavi, which means he said it in order to get Rokh Kodesh. So now maybe it makes sense that we play like in the year. He was saying he had Rokh Kodesh himself. Yeah, but he was saying it for us, so wah wah. Okay, so Ladashem Ha'aretz Umloa, Tevil Vyoshve Ba. Hashem's is the earth and its fullness, the inhabited world and those who dwell in it. Kihu al Yamim Yasada. He founded it upon seas and on rivers. He established it. And then one of the Mepharshim, I forgot if we did this last time. One of the Mepharshim says, um, okay, fine. He founded it on seas because like plain shot, that means that you got the oceans and then like the water is like on it. I mean, it's not really on it. I don't, I don't know how they, what they thought the relationship was between the, uh, I think they thought that the earth, that the land mass was like floating on the water. I don't think they thought the turtle. Uh, read Perik Olive of Vice Gracious, you won't see uh, the turtle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, uh, I'll do it to calm your nerves instead of save my phone. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, um, but uh, so I think when he says that Hashem founded on the earth, a lot of them, Farshim, spend a lot of time going into like how miraculous that was. So I'm assuming that they thought they didn't know like plate tectonics and all that stuff. Okay. So, but then the question though is all of Naharos he put it on rivers. That doesn't make any sense. Okay. So some of the Mepharshim say, uh, like, for example, I think the Tosos Harid or the Rid, I mean, no, not the Rid. Someone says it means he put it um, near rivers. I forgot who said this, meaning that there are like water sources near uh, places where people live. Okay, fine. All right, whatever. Well, I would have said that's not a very different connotation between God creating these things, you know, water like that miraculous being able to have these cool yeah. water versus like a positive of putting land and where we are living near 
sources. That is true. Yeah, that is true. That's a different point. And it happens, it looks like it kind of uh, parallels well with um Shem Ha'aretz and Lawa. That's talking about like Hashem's relationship with the Bria itself. And the Tevil Vyoshiva, the inhabited world and the people who dwell in it. And then this is also talking about putting the land on the water and then making the inhabitants have access to the rivers. Which sounds like there will be more Chazahashim over the wonders of Yeah, yeah. I could see it framed that way. Yeah, I don't think you have to say that, but yeah. Okay. Mi yale bahar Hashem. Who shall ascend the mountain of Hashem? Umi akum bimkum And who shall stand up in his holy place? So that's a question. So the answer is Dalid. Niki kapayim ubar levav. Um... The clean, someone who is clean of hands and pure of heart. Okay, so we translated it somewhat like this. Who has not um, born my soul in, in a lie or sworn falsely. Like, because no, like we say, um, no say, no say means to bear something or to carry it. But it also means to like take something like no say shim shemaim levatala. Um, so plain shot is he has not uh, sworn falsely by my name. Now the question is, why is it suddenly switched to first person? Okay, because like it doesn't seem like Hashem's talking here, right? So the Ibn Ezra says uh, that is on the right column on the what is this page? No, Yeah, Ibn Ezra on the right side. He says, um, uh, look at uh, in the middle of that comment because Nafshi, my name, my soul, Derek Kinoi. It's a euphemism. Okay, because of the uh, respect for, for God. Uh, like Batsheva says to David, I and my son Shlomo are sinners. As I've explained. Okay, anyone have any idea what he means? That's when, that's when, uh, what's the name? Oh, wait, wait, what do you uh, What does he mean that it's a euphemism? It's a kinoi out of respect for the name. What is euphemism? Euphemism is saying uh, who is not. What did he say? The phrase "my soul." Okay, I'll, I'll give you another. Another. This is actually clear. Look at the rid uh, on the other side of the road. Lashav nafshi nafsho Okay, I guess that gives it away. Nafsho Lomar. It should have said nafsho, um, God's soul, so to speak, or God's self. Ella hamshor kina derech kavod lamala. Uh, but uh, the uh, the psalmist uh, uh, may use the euphemism out of respect for God because of nafshi. So this is a style of Hebrew euphemism where where you substitute if the object of a bad like statement is if saying that you're gonna something bad's gonna happen to someone who deserves kavod, you reverse it or you like use a different object. Like I think the one that we're probably most familiar with. Uh, I was thinking of uh, of Paro, but not Yosef Paro. What did Yosef say? I don't remember that one. Uh, I was thinking of, um, oh yeah, yeah, hold on, um, whatever, Harif? maybe Moshe and Paro, hold on, I, I don't know if I'm imagining this example, uh, yeah, here we go, yeah, so Moshe is talking to Paro, and he says, uh, uh, they said, Elukei nikra alenu. Um, this is motion Aaron, I think. Uh, the God of the Hebrews has chanced upon us. Let us go for three days in the, in the wilderness. And we will slaughter Jerusalem, our God. Lest he strike us with plague or sword. So what Moshe really meant is lest he strike you with plague or sword. 
but be out of Kabu to Paro, he said us instead of you. Okay, so same thing here that really this Pasuk should have, uh, is supposed to be saying he has not um, sworn falsely in his name, but he changed it to uh, to in my name. Okay, so and, yeah. Can we uncapitalize the my? Yes, we can uncapitalize the my, because the my we got from our school, I think, right? So who has not sworn falsely, I'm just gonna say it like this, sworn falsely in God's, uh, by God's, by God's being, okay? Like Nafshi is here like, um, you know how we say Atmo means self, but what does Atmo literally mean? Bone, right, his bone. So Nafshi is used in the same way. Nefesh, not, uh, nefesh means soul, but also means self, okay? So yeah, okay, um, uh, yeah. And has not taken an oath deceitfully. Okay, so that's the guy who can go up on the Harashem. But what does self is? Uh, nefesh. What is a person? Well, we're talking about God, though, right? So you can't take God's soul, right? So God's very being. Yeah. Let's let's add in the word very. No, that implies quantity. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So God's being. Yeah. All right. So so that's the guy who can go up. Okay. Then we have the result. He will receive blessing from Hashem. And righteousness from the God of his salvation. Okay. uh, I think those of us who are doing Ram and I think can now understand this. Sadaka, what do you think? Because it's weird. It's saying he received righteousness from God. What does righteousness mean in this context, probably? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. His needs. Yeah. Okay, right. So the, the Sadaka, literally, Ram defines Sadaka in the morning book as, uh, in, I think, 353 or 354 as uh, providing a. Um, giving someone what is owed to them and giving every existing thing that which is uh, beneficial for their existence, what befits their existence. Bracha is Tosefis Tov. Yeah, Bracha is more than that. No switching. Who's switching? I'll try to like continue with that, uh, that, uh, where we're hitting up the first two kingdoms. Yeah. Like, one is like God's... Oh, you mean David's theory? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. David Lifter's theory. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. 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 I personally, I'm not as enthused by David's theory as uh, as I as uh, as he is. Uh, I think it's just talking about world and people, world and people. But uh, yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, then he says, Zedor Dorshav. This is a generation of his seekers, of seekers of God. Those who seek out your presence or your, your literally your face, but I think presence makes more sense here. Uh, Yaakov Sela. Um, uh, we said Sela means. Uh, uh, it is so. It is so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, that is a question. Yeah, that's a big question about when this is. Okay, um, seven. Lift up your heads, O gates. And rise up, eternal gates. And the king of glory will enter. Um, who is this king of glory? Hashem Izuz Vigibor. Hashem strong and mighty. Hashem Gibor Milchma. Hashem the mighty warrior. Lift up... Um, uh, your heads, uh, O gates, and lift up eternal gates, and the king of glory will enter. Mihu ze melech kavod, 
Uh, remember last time I, I initially thought that um, the, that Pasuk 7 and 9 were exactly the same. And then someone pointed out that in, in uh, it says vihi nas u and this says usu. I also thought that the first part of 8 and 10 were the same, but they're not. It says mi zemel hakavod and ten says mi hu zemel hakavod. Okay, I don't know how to translate that. Um, who is he? I, I translate who is he, the King of Glory. Hashem tzavakos hu melech hakavod sela. Hashem of legions or Hashem master of legions is the King of Glory sela. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was yeah. Oh, I thought you, you were going to say something. Yeah. No. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll yeah we'll, we'll continue just uh, uh, reviewing our questions first. So we said. Pivot point wise, it seems to be um, one and two seem to be doing their own thing, okay? Because it's talking about Hashem's relationship to the earth. Then three, four, five, six seem to be talking about people's relationship to God, and then seven, eight, nine, ten seems to be talking about Hashem again. Well, about something. Yeah, right. Yeah. So and then uh, and then, yeah, right. So then then we had a bunch of questions. So let's. I don't even know if I wrote down all. Of them. What is Pesach Aleph teaching us? Isn't it obvious, right? Everything belongs to the God. Okay, fine. Two, what is the function of Pesukim, Aleph, and Beis? They don't really seem to fit into the theme of the rest of the thing, right? They're very bracious Pesukim. And uh, and by the way, the Gemara says, I told you I peeked at the Gemara. The Gemara says that that's why we say it on Sunday, because Sunday is corresponding to Yom Rishon, which is my bracious. But it's a little hard because that's only the first two Pesukim, right? So like, uh, you know, so that, that's why I don't want to touch that subject yet. All right. Um, Okay, then we say, who are these gates and why are we talking to them? Is there a difference between regular gates and eternal gates? Right, who are these gates here? Four, what is the mountain of Hashem? Um, five, we said that, uh, you know, uh, there's, uh, you know, is it the uh, uh, the Har Hamoria? Is it uh, Har Sinai? Is it something else? Five, who is the person in Pasuk Dalid? Um, this guy who has clean hands and pure heart. And uh, what does each clause mean? Why these clauses and what is the relationship to each other? And we noted that, uh, uh, oh, sorry, is not swearing deceitfully a result of the pure heart. And I think I also said this verbally, like clean of hands and pure of heart. Those are two very general characteristics, but not swearing falsely and taking an oath. Those are like, that's like a specific thing in Taryag, you know, like a specific low sase, you know? So this is a little weird that it like juxtaposes the two. Um, also, we didn't ask this, but why is this the only person who can go up to the Mount of Hashem? Um, six, what is the bracha and tzedakah he's receiving? Uh, seven, which generation is he referring to? That was Oren's question. Eight, what, why does this contain an inordinate number of repetitions? Uh, why is every Pesach a doublet? We found out when Ken and I were going through this. I told Ken, I said, Ken, someone said, uh, someone in, uh, in the Shira said every Pesach is a doublet, and then we found one that's not. <laughs> uh, is it, uh... Uh, yeah, six. No, I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, I uh, wait, no, no, maybe it wasn't six. Uh, which one was it? Four? No, 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 four about four. The clean of hands and the pure of heart. No, a double is like it's a double saying. Yeah, yeah, how do you, yeah, four? What do you do with four? Four, I would say clean of hands and pure of heart is one thing, and sworn falsely because that, that's that's like the good. Thing that does together, this is what, what his merits are, and it's always for his form falsely and, and taking an oath would be deceitfully, would be like a Okay, okay, I, I hear that. It's a little stretching the definition of double, yeah, okay, I hear, I hear. All right, um, then he's I mean, showing his merits and showing how he's also not in their yeah, yeah, not a pure repetition, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, eight, uh, sorry, and then also why repeat the mihuzem lachu kavod, right? At the end, that's evident to anyone who says it. You ever get to that thing where you're saying it and you're like, did I ever say this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, in what sense does the melech kavod arrive, right? What is it, you know, he, it seems the imagery here is like the gates are opening for the king to come. But uh, where's he coming from? Like, what's the, what? <laughs> 10, why employ question and answer throughout this parak? That's not something we've we've seen in Tehillim before, right? We've got question in three, answer in four. We've got a uh, question in uh, eight, uh, sorry, a uh, question in, yeah, eight and answer in eight and then question in 10 and answer in 10. Um, why is Hashem characterized in these specific ways? What do these answers convey to the audience? Who is the audience? Okay, and I'm sure we have more questions, but those are those are all the problems. Yeah. Okay, so um, before you say your thing. Oh, I have scattered thoughts. Oh, you have scattered Okay, so let's let's get scattered thoughts before we attempt to uh, crash land the plane. Yeah. There's a scattered thought that came to me like while we were going yeah. earlier. Um, eight, it seems to be, the, I mean, maybe someone said this last week, but eight seems to be talking or describing Hashem to people, and ten seems to be describing Hashem in relationship to like, to like, uh-huh. Hashem's like, oh, so we tend to like, yeah. like say, like, that's usually like in conjunction with Allah. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder if that's okay. So that is a good observation. I just want to point out fact, fact wise. Um, so <clears throat> if you look at Sadiq Gaon, uh, actually, I don't even know if Sadiq is going to say this here, but he does say it somewhere. Just give me one second. No, he doesn't say it here, but if you look at Ibn Ezra on the last, uh, the is that the last Pasuk that says Tzvakos? Yeah. Uh, Ibn Ezra. Is it on the last page? Yeah. Uh, Ibn Ezra on the last page, second line of the Ibn Ezra. V'tam Hashem Tzvakos, she'yihu anshe hador k'mo malachi ashari, Hashem. Okay, so that the, uh, oh, that's interesting. That's kind of the in-between, isn't it? He's saying that the people of the generation are like the malachim of Hashem. Well, that means he seems to be giving us hint as to what he's calling the generation. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, correct, correct. Okay, uh, that's actually not the Ibn Ezra I thought. I guess I missed that one. The next one's the one I thought. Uh, so when you say legions, what legions is it talking about? It's talking about the legions of heaven, right? Like the uh, celestial uh, um, bodies and angels and such. As I explained, not the legions of Israel, as Sadigon explains. Okay, so... Um, so, uh, but then it looks like the Ebenezer found in middle ground because he's, he's saying it is referring to Israel by analogy to the legions of heaven, right? That Israel is like the Malchish eyes. So Ebenezer got his, uh, could have his cake and eat it too. He could uh, disagree with Sadigon and, uh, and still interpret it as referring to people. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else have any scattered thoughts or theories? Yeah, Ellie. Um, in terms of the first, uh, they don't really belong. Yeah. Um, he, he gives off a similar style of her feeling as, say, like the introduction of Vishnu Monastery, where you're like establishing that my, like, yes, yeah, uh, like almost as a really a reminder. I guess maybe I'm not sure, but it, it seems like a nice introduction. Okay, so that was uh, that was also what I wanted to say, which is that uh, I think that one or two are just st- setting the stage, um, really for the whole parak, but specifically or most directly for three, okay, which is that. God has the entire earth, everything belongs to him, yet he chooses this mountain, you know? So if you just called this mountain uh, Har Hashem, 
it kind of lacks in grandeur. But if you set it up with the context that the whole earth belongs to him, but then he uh, he chooses this mountain to be the place where he has his um, uh, whatever is talking about here, you know, then it like uh, it, it's setting the context for that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be in that way. I mean, I'm, I'm agreeing with your, your general move that it's yeah. setting for the, for the context for the whole thing, but yeah. Do we think Uh No, we did not. Uh, I suggest, I, I said there's several approaches that people take, uh, but uh, we didn't commit to any of them. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Like, I, I'm starting to get into your knowledge yeah. here. And you're coming at a horrible time because I'm not going to have an idea tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you're coming at a horrible time because I'm not going to have an idea tonight. No, but, yeah. I'm, I'm very fine. Okay, good, good. Yeah. I, I just want, in terms of methodology, yeah. you say, uh, it, like, like, it could talk about demons. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> per, like, like personal life or it could be, you know, in the future or past century. Yeah, so uh, this is a good time to review this. So the the right. So what I call the three modes of Tehillim, okay, which is that Tehillim is either talking about uh, it's either biographical mode, talking about an in, uh, instance or an event in David's life. Um, two, it's talking about Klal uh, and the nation, and something that happens in national life. And three is it's talking about universal ideas that are applicable to all times and places. When you say national life, you mean in, this, in that specific Not necessarily era. in that specific era, right? Yeah, so for example, like you have um, many psukim uh, or main prakim that are about Yemos Mashiach. You have ones that are about specific eras, like um, Al-Naharos Bavel was about Galos Bavel. The Tzitzit Rami Mitzrayim was about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. You know, yeah. And then, the, and then the universal ones are like Ashrei, right? Ashrei is not about any particular time or Barchi Nafshi, right? That's about like nature and God's relationship to it. Interesting, but, but yeah, I mean, because this one is, uh, you know, it's, it's real culture, presumably you think that it, it would be referring to something like you. That is a good uh, clue. That is a good clue. Yeah, that, that's definitely possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Chaim? I don't know. I mean, I think we're all jumping around it, but it seems like we're all kind of hinting at that this seems to be talking about machine. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> I, Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Go plant your flag. We have one vote that's for Mashiach. Well, yeah, Mashiach. Right. Mashiach. Yeah. Right. Right. I want to say that the neighbor has definitely definitely concerns. Yeah. I don't know what other what other more you're gonna have people who are Kimo or somebody you would be able to call like the Malachi Hashem in the concept of doing the will of Hashem, which is like. How the round one explains like the door of the of Mashiach. Yeah. And I mean it makes sense like in context, a generation of seekers. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know how I got it. I mean it's a good uh, candidate. Uh yeah, it is a good candidate. And uh and remember Sporno has your back. Okay, Sporno does take that approach. Uh and uh and so uh so I'm I, I think I, I think you're in safe uh, good territory, good company. Yeah. Okay, uh, so, so Orin, you have a, you said you don't agree with that at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just feels like it's, it's about like knowing knowing God or coming close to God. I agree with that also. Right. Right. Okay. Are, tangentially, that's sort of similar to the Shia, but I don't think it's really. That. So, so is it though? Uh, so, are you saying this is like universal ideas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that that is the approach that Ken and I were taking. So let, let's let's get all the approaches on the table again. I said them really fast last time. Okay. So it seems like the uh, Chazal take this to be, and I don't know where Chazal say this, but the Radak quotes, quotes Chazal in the first Pasuk. Um, 
Okay, so um, uh, that David composed this to be said when the Aaron was going to be brought into, into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, which was not uh, during his time. Okay, he explains. It's when he basically found out, and we read this in Devarim last time, where the base Mikdash was going to be. Okay, but he did not build it. Obviously, Shlomo did, and um, and so this was actually going to be said during Shlomo's time. Okay, um, what? Well, yeah. I remember last time when I said that. Um... Plus the four, Lee and the Queen hands, Pierre Park. Yeah. He's showing that, like, it's like much ability of the first Christian Mikdash. Uh-huh. That, like, that was why he wasn't able to build it. Yes, you did say that. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good call. That, like, that would be Shlomo. Yeah. Okay, that's a good call. Especially because Shlomo come back before he it's not like he was barred from the base Macdash once he became barred. <laughs> you know, I didn't mean to make a pun. Sorry. Was, was, yeah, I did not mean to make that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you just got to be Shlomo or 12. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So that is one theory. And a lot of Mepharshim say that theory. Okay. And some of them do extend it. Okay. Fine. Well, let's say that. Okay. Then you've got Sforno. Okay. Who says uh, on the bottom right. Okay. Okay, that uh, he's davening on Israel that they merit all of them, Yemos Mashiach, and life in Olam Haba. Okay, yeah. I had a thought of Olam Haba too. Okay. Well, if you think about it, uh, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a stretch. That's okay, we got stretches here, yeah. Yeah. Uh, eternal gates, I was thinking something along the lines of like, of like, of like the Telmo key. Like the eternal gates is like lifting up your heads. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but. If the king of glory is Hashem, yeah, right, and God is entering, and the eternal gates are again, I'm seeing that as like a like neshama kind of thing. Then, like the only way that God can ever enter is if you die, and then God, so to speak, enters your like line of sight. Okay, so you're you're touching upon something which was one of the biggest problems that Ken and I had, which I will articulate in a second. Uh, Ellie, you want to uh, what are you uh, going to say? Yeah, I mean, it's not really related in terms of just the sixth pasuk. Um, when it says this is the generation of this seeker, yeah. Like, why? I mean, I noticed you put a capital H. Why are we assuming that's talking about Hashem and not this whatever this figure is who has clean hands and pure heart? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, the last, the antecedent of the pronoun, the last being talked about was uh, Hashem and God of the salvation. Right. You know, it says those who seek out your presence as opposed to His presence. Right. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I, I guess it doesn't have to be God, but I think it is definitely shot that it's, that it's God, uh, because the whole, the whole subject seems to be God. Uh, I mean, except for in four, right. But that, even that is, is vis-a-vis God, right. Uh, or, th- uh, three, three and four, right. Who can go up to the, the mountain of, of Hashem, this guy, he will get a bracha from Hashem. And these are the people who seek uh, your face, uh, your presence, Hashem. I'm saying, and then who's the Melech Kavod? That's all talking about Hashem. So, I mean, I, you could read it that way, but I, I do think that it is talking about Hashem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is it? Is it the a tier point on? Is it the Ramah? Because like Moshe comes, could also be Olam Habat. Chas v'Shalom. That's that's Davka, not the Ramah. 
Ramam holds Ramam holds that Mashiach and Olam Haba are two separate things, very very separate things, extremely separate. And Ramban is the one who holds that uh, Yimos Mashiach Olam Haba is another term for the world in the state of Yimos Mashiach. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Speaking of Rambam, this is now the third approach, and now then we'll have them all on the table. And I read this last time uh, that uh, the Rambam says <laughs> Rambam. <laughs> yeah, according to the Rambam, it would work, right? Yeah. Do you mean the the the, the Olam, the Piske Olam thing, the yeah, Eternal? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're stuff, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, just flew naturally off his tongue. That's oh, good. That's good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but it would. Uh, what was I was gonna say. Um, it does work out. I I, I wonder. I don't know what Sforno Shita is on Olam Haba and Yom Shiach now. Not not that this prevents that. I'm just saying, like when he says. I don't know um, if he's like lumming them together or not. So, okay, this is the Ramah that we read last time in Yisodia Torah 8.4. Wait for it. So he's talking about Olam Haba, which is a non-physical uh, existence where your soul uh, derives... Um, oh, sorry, not Yisodia Torah. What am I saying? Tshuva. Um, where your soul derive The souls of the righteous uh, derive uh, pleasure from the radiance of the Shekhinah. And he says... Okay, Olam Haba was called by many names by way of allegory. Har Hashem, like in our parak, Umakom Kacho, like in our parak, V'derech Kodesh, like in Sefer Yeshayahu, V'chatros Hashem, V'ohel Hashem, V'noam Hashem, V'hechal Hashem, U'beis Hashem, U'shar Hashem, possibly our parak. Okay, Sha'arim, like the gates, I don't know, right? Okay, so, so I... Wanted to find the, where the source is that the Ramam knows that that's talking about Olam Haba. Okay. So uh, I was like, okay, the, the side guy doesn't say uh, any sources. So I looked at the, I call it the Migdal Mishnah Torah, the one that all the Migdal guys have. I don't know. It's the Chabad Mishnah Torah, right? Um, and uh, they don't quote any sources either for this. They just refer us to the Psukim. So, so I think, what? Uh, he does sometimes, but uh, I didn't look. I, it's in Tshuva. Um, eight four. Oh, Chuba, Hills Yeah, actually, you know what? In Kafef, it's going to be a different numbering. I bet you. Uh, in Kafef, it is going to be. It's in Hamada. Um, it's going to be uh, eight seven bracket four. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, so the Ramam is not quoting a Gemara here, which means this is how the Ramam interpreted our Pesukit. Okay. So the Ramam, so, so, so Ken and I initially wanted to say that, uh, that this is talking about Olam Haba, which is close to what Oren was saying. I mean, I don't know if it, I mean, it overlaps. It's about getting closest to Hashem. And this is talking about, right, about like how you, what type of person is going to get Olam Haba. But here's the problem. This is what I was referring to when you said uh, your approach, Chaim. So if this is talking about Olam Haba, it's really, okay, going up to the mountain of Hashem, that works out of like going to Olam Haba, right? But the gate's opening so the king arrives, that's a little weird to describe Olam Haba, Haba that way. Like the king arriving in Olam Haba. Does wow. it, why? Because we go to Olam Haba, that's the mashal, not that God comes to us. He's a good host. 
<laughs> Lord of hosts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, I think I was more saying like like acquiring knowledge. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That's what I'm saying. It's not I'm not saying it is your approach, I'm saying it's close to your approach because it's gonna be it's gonna be coinciding. Yeah. Uh, Harshan, yeah. Uh, oh, no, no, uh, the, the first two. Um, yeah. Um, Harashem, yeah. Yeah, right, right. But but the, what I'm looking for, but he doesn't quote a Gemara with Ram gets it from. Yeah. So so that means this is the Ramam's shot. That means that that also Well, no, no, undeniably. Oh, yeah, you mean not from a Gemara? Yeah. Just from here. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I mean, undeniably, the Ramam is referring to here, but whether he got it from here or not. Yeah. Um, by the way, also just to show you, even though this tool didn't pan out, another tool in the Ravish English toolkit, Kafech's uh, uh, little pamphlet, Hamikra Barambam, um, is, uh, is it shows you, you look up any Pasuk and it shows you where the Ram cites it. So I did look for where else the Ram talks about it. I couldn't find this one though, Morning Movement 3 7. When I looked there, he didn't quote it. It's called Hamikra Baramam. You look up any uh, pasuk in Tanakh, and it'll tell you where in the Ramam's writings he quotes it. Yeah, I think we have a physical copy, but I can send anyone a PDF if they want. Yeah, just send me, uh, text me later on. Yeah, yeah, someone remind me later on. I'll send it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so we have several possibilities here, uh, and then here's the thing, though, is that okay? So what Ken and I really wanted to do was to say that can we read it in a way where this is about welcoming the our own, but somehow alludes to these other ideas as well. Okay. That this is about Yimos Mashiach or about Olam Haba. Yeah. When you're welcoming the our own? Yeah. Okay. The our own HaKodesh. The uh, uh, going in, uh, into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. Okay. Uh, that's what the Radak says, yeah. uh, and others say uh, the, the purpose of the the Mizmor was. Now, I haven't said our theory yet. Okay? All I've done is repeated what Ken and I said last time. Yeah, fine. I have a thought. Okay. Uh, it's a little, it's a little dicey. That's okay. We're deleting the year afterwards anyway. I'm <laughs> um, going through it slowly. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you can break up the Sufian into like their first halves and their second halves. Okay. And that one half in that sense is talking about when you bring the arrow in, the other half is talking about uh, old hop. Okay. Uh, I'm, like, I'm kind of seeing if it works. It kind of maybe works out. Okay. Because who shall ascend to the mountain of Hashem? Yeah. That we can say, like the Ramon, is, is Om Hava. Yeah. Who shall stand in his holy place? That sounds like a more physical thing. That can be in the Bismillah. Right. Right. Okay. And then the only problem is that it switches over. Yeah. Clean up heads if you're apart. And who is not born my soul in a lot. That kind of sounds like some sort of like meaning if you make God's essence into a lie, like that's like some sort of denial of like incarnate. Yeah. You know? Um, and then taking over secretly, like, I don't know how that would fit in there. Um, but then the, the really great thing is that when we read the wrong, when we if, if we know that there are people who are saying this is the old novel, right? So five is very strange to me that you should receive blessing and register. How do you have both of those in, in, in old How can you have an overflowing amount of good and just what is good for you, Elon Hubble, which is leading me to say that it has to be a breakdown that like one of them is physical and one of them is not physical. Um, okay, well, it is interesting. We definitely have brush like Elon Hubble. You get exactly what you, you, you read exactly what you sowed, right? Uh, yes. So in that sense, like. And no. Oh. 
Okay. I'll, I'll, what? Chaim is saying, so Chaim wants to say that that uh, the first half is talking about, um, oh, wait, what were you? No, no. Oh, the, oh, the first half of each Pasa is talking about the... Uh, okay, well, I'm just going to respond to your last part, okay? But if five referred to Olam Haba, then what sense would you make of it? Yeah. Okay, so if you know your um, Zmiros or your crowning Psukim of the Mishnah Torah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, the, the crowning, um, I forgot what, Kolmukadesh, uh, I think. Mishochas Decha Liod Echa. Mishochas Decha. Yeah, that's Kolmukadesh. So it's from Taylor. Mishochas Decha Liod Echa Extend your kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright of heart. Okay, so I believe when we did this two years ago, um, I think we said that uh, people who are uh, have Yediyas Hashem get more than the people who are just like uh, the average uh, the average people who are like well-intentioned and uh, keeping mitzvahs. They just get what they deserve. Obviously, in Olam Habi, you only do get what you deserve, but it is making it to two strata and saying there's like people who go like beyond the bare minimum requirements and then the people who are doing the bare minimum requirements. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, not really an idea. Just like, uh, I guess. Like, I'm very, I'm very. <laughs> That's the theme of this year. No ideas, just thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm very fixated on the last four for second. Yeah. How there's like this weird, like, slightly mirrored version of each other. Yeah. A little bit of a. You, you want me to quench your fixation? Sure. Okay. So the closest thing I found was the somebody. Oh, classic somebody. Uh, I just don't remember who it was. I went through a lot of Mepharshim. Um, it was not the Sworno. It, someone said, and it wasn't the Meiri. Oh, Meiri was a letdown this time. Meiri has been our our, our, uh, our Tillam guide for the last couple of things. It's like he was uh, half-heartedly explaining stuff. He didn't, he was like, yeah, it's this. <laughs> he just like didn't give us the, the full like uh, explanation like he usually does. Um, uh, who said this? So someone says, I'll just say it, and then and then if someone finds it. So so someone says that Sukim seven and eight are referring to uh in David's time, okay? Uh, or or like you know, uh, in Bais Rishon, I should say, okay, and nine and ten are referring to Yemos Mashiach. And that's why it's repeated because uh, this is the first bias and this is the last bias, and then that's also why the war imagery is in eight because uh, that involved like, this is the culmination of the conquest of Eretz Yisrael of like establishing the base of Mikdash. But then in Yud, or sorry, in the Yemos Mashiach, then there's not gonna be any war. I mean, <laughs> after all the bloody war of Gogamago, but he's saying that the um, the Melchah Kavod will not be associated with the war at that time. I guess because all the people who got worn out were dead. Uh, God will beat their sword, uh, people will beat their swords into plowshares and there will be no more war. Oh, maybe after the last war. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. In the time of Mashiach, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Warren. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the two interpretations I know of are the ones I read in the Ibn Ezra. Is um, so first of all, just just to just halakhic aside here. So um, the word svaos is uh, is um, is an actual word, which means like legions. But we say it as Hashem Tzavakos. That is a name of Hashem. So, so we we the new is to say Hashem and it's one of the seven proper names of Hashem. The seven proper names being um, 
Aleftal Nun Yud slash Yud Kevavke, that counts as one name. Kel Elokai Elokim, Kel Shakai, Tvakos, Ekia, Ekia. Yeah, those are the those are the seven. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. So that was one explanation of the parallel. And then going to your question, um, it either means it's refer- so legions is the the analogy of all of the heavenly array, like all of the laws of nature, all of the angels. And they all are completely in order and systematic and obedient to God. Yeah, I think that's that flame shot. Okay, can I say the only thing resembling an idea that Ken and I had? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so, and I, this is a half baked. Uh, I don't even know if like inside, maybe open oven is still like totally like uh, you know unbaked uh, pockets of dough everywhere. Okay. So what Ken and I want to say is like this. So we initially wanted to say it's about Olam Haba. Okay, but leave that aside. Let's take that it's about the Aron, okay? The Aron, bring the Aron in, okay? So the Aron, uh, so the, the subject of the parak is how to perceive the Kavod HaMelech, okay? Not everyone can perceive the Kavod HaMelech, okay? You need to be a certain type of person in order to do that, and that type of person is the person described in Dalit, okay? And the uh, and what that means, I think the best interpretation I found of that, and we can take this interpretation and like apply it to whatever idea we settle on, but I think this is just a good interpretation. Sforno on Dalid. Nikikapain Bamasa. That's in action. So not being involved in Averos. Okay. Uh Ubar Levav Bideos and pure of heart in, in your ideas. Uh, I think this is not Hilkos Deos Deos. This is like knowledges, right? Your knowledge. Asher Lunasala. So he does not take it as swearing by God. Okay, check out this cool shot. This that I also received, I did not receive it in vain. I perfected it with Torah and mitzvahs. Okay, so he's translating the passage as uh, someone who did not carry their soul in vain. Okay, and if you think about it, uh, there are lots of people walking around who are just, uh, as Marcus Aurelius would say, corpses carrying souls, right? Um, but the question is, are you actually so? So that's what we are we're corpses carrying souls. But the question is, are we carrying them in vain or are we carrying them, um, uh, uh, to, to uh, and using them? So he's saying, this is a guy who, who will be able to say, I did not carry my soul in vain, I perfected it with Torah Mitzvos, and then. Now, according to Sforno, this does not become a repetition, right? The way we were reading it, it's kind of like, why is he talking about two ways of swearing falsely? He did not swear falsely. So what's bad about swearing falsely? A lot of things. Why? why? Okay, let me ask you a different question, okay? Uh, going back, I know I know we, uh, we're we not in uh, Chuva season anymore, but it's always Chuva season. Um, when the Ramam is talking about the Kalos and the Hamuros, and he says the Hamuros are things that are high of Karis or Mises based in. Hamuros hina ver Mises based in or Karis. Ushvua shav sheker. So a vain or a false oath. Afapish in ba Karis. Harihu min hachamuros. It's one of these severe sins. So you got all chiv Mises and Karis plus shvua shav and shvua sheker. So why is it like bad in that sense? Like with a shame Hashem, yeah, and that's that's gonna be part of the answer, yeah. Right, so that mean it automatically means that you're you have a wrong like idea of like 
So let's just play it out through the classic example. If you swear in God's name that X is true and it's not true, oh. so then what 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 is bad about that? Yeah, Ali? I mean just the uh, idea of swearing in God's name, right? It's say it's doing something concrete, like making a concrete thing of nature. Like when God ever makes a claim, God says something that goes. And when you're doing something you got Okay. True, but worse. It's worse well, than it. it's on those lines, but it's worse. A distortion and trying to use the ultimate perfection and saying this thing, like, like almost like agrees, like trying to like invoke God into your distorted, like, truth. But how though? How? Well, or maybe maybe it helps if you say the idea. Uh, I'll have to answer in a sec. What, what is it? It's a mitzvah to swear in God's name under certain circumstances, right? So what's good about that, right? Like, it's not, you know, yeah, Ayala, what do you want to say? Isn't it saying like as long as God exists, this is true? So it's if you're saying if it's not true, then you're kind of saying that like God doesn't exist and like yeah. So yeah, I would put it slightly differently, which is you're saying that the truth of this thing is comparable to the truth of God's existence. Okay, right. So that's why when we when it is a mitzvah to swear, then you use you know you always want to swear with on something that is the most real thing, right? And to, to show that this is real, this is real and supported by like ultimate reality, you know. I think I thought this is a Tanakh. Yeah. 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 But um, but when you swear falsely, you're saying this thing is as real as God's existence, and if it's not real. So then that is like a, a, a horrible thing. It's like a denial of God's existence. Okay, yeah, right. So Sporno says, and he did not swear for uh, deceit. Even if the thing is true, he won't even swear in a way that the listeners think he's swearing falsely. So he doesn't even want to give off the impression. He cares about truth so much that he doesn't even want to give off the impression uh, that that uh, that he's like undermining uh, the notion of God's existence. Okay. And that would be like the mirror law. Of like, like you can have like a like a two ways like like mirror law is always like like uh, like um, like the brother, right? Yeah. Uh, like there's two ways to uh, to, to view what he's at. Uh, okay, maybe that's where he's getting from. I was wondering why he was going that direction. I didn't know that that was the indication of mirror Yeah, if you say something, yeah. Remember what what Rebbe said with like the like like they didn't really lie when they acted. With, Interesting. Okay, I haven't heard that shot, but that's that's okay. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so so going back to the idea that Ken and I are trying to to say here. Okay. So the idea is, yeah. So so the idea is like this. The idea is who can perceive God's uh, uh, glory. Okay. So it's this type of person. Okay. We haven't said why. All right, uh, but it's this type of person, and it's the type of person who sees this in the context of Mysabrachis. Okay, that's why it starts off with Mysabrachis. Okay, they, you need to be a person who recognizes Lashem Haaretzim Loa, Tevil Shiva, etc., and acts in line with, uh, with he, act, he lives a life that is dedicated to, um, to the implications of that, meaning he perfects his soul, he does Torah and mitzvahs, avoids averos, and is absolutely committed to truth. 
So that guy is going to get blessing from Hashem and righteousness, whatever that means. I don't know what six is. Okay, but then here's the thing. When the Aaron comes in, this is going to be the guy who is going to perceive uh, this as the king arriving. Okay, the ordinary person is not going to be able to perceive that. Okay, like it's there's a whole fanfare when you know a human king is physical thing with a fanfare and everything like that, and music and trumpets and elephants or whatever they do, you know. But uh, but with uh, what? Okay, this is the weird thing, and this is going to make some people squeamish, but this is facts. So if you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, the Aaron uh, is called by Hashem's name, right? So um, where do you see that? Um, in the seventh, uh, oh, or, yeah, Kumash Kumash Kumash. right? So in, in Bamidbar, in the uh, in the uh, middle book of Dvarim, right? If there are seven books, um, of Torah, right? That's Machlokas, uh, Tanaim, uh, yeah, uh, in Bamidbar in 11, Bamidbar, yeah, um. Uh, is it 11 or is it 12 or is it it's 10 it's 10 it's 1035 yeah the upside down nuns so um uh and it was when the ark would travel uh moshe would say uh arise hashem and your enemies will be scattered and those who hate you uh will flee from before you will be scattered and those who hate you and those who hate you will flee from before you and when the Aaron came to rest uh, he would say, Shuva Hashem, return Hashem, Rivavos Alpha Israel, uh, the myriad legions of Israel. The two nuns, it's Machlok's Tanaim, why these two nuns are here, uh, according to one Shita, that this is its own book of Tanakh. Um, and so there's, uh, it's a Machlok's, whether there's seven books of Tanakh or five. Oh, sorry, of, 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 of Chumash, right? Why well, you, you wouldn't call it Chumash, of Taurus Moshe, right? So when you say it's, it's its own book of Tanakh, uh, Chumash, yeah. what, what is its own book? These two Psukim. So, yeah, so you have uh, Breshis, Shmos, Bayikra, Bamidbar Aleph, so Haron, Bamidbar Bays, and then uh, and then uh, Dvarim. Yeah, that's a whole fun machlogos to go over. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's the end uh, of chapter 10. Yeah. So, uh, and this is not the only place where it's called, uh, where Hashem is associated with the Aaron, right? We call Hashem Yoshev HaKruvin, right? Why? Because that's where the, uh, the motion would get. That's where motion would get Nivua from, from between the two, right? So the Shechina, was it was over the Aaron between the two Kruvim, right? So, so there is this phenomenon that we treat, and again, if it weren't for the fact that the Psukim said this, it would be heretical to say something like this. We treat the Aaron as like a stand in for the Kavod Hashem because the Kavod Hashem physically emerged from the like the, the Nivua physically emerged from between the two Kruvim, right? The, the, the nevuah, whatever it means that the nevuah was between the two things, whatever it is, you know, whether it's like, you know, a chat, there's like an audio translation of the nevuah that people could like, yeah, I think something like that. Um, but uh, so, so we, so the thing is, is that if you prime yourself uh, as a seeker of Hashem who is dedicated to the truth and is perfecting yourself and seeing this in the context of the Master Breshis, so then you will perceive the king of glory entering when the Aaron comes to uh, the the um, to the Mikdash, to the Kosher Kedashim. Uh, and if not, then you won't. Uh, the, the, because the thing that perceives the, the Kavod Hashem is, 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 is something that you can only perceive through your mind, you know? And here's the catch, is that this is the type of person who goes to Olam Haba, 
that's what we want to say that there's a link that, that we want to say that the Ramam's version of this could be true, that this is talking about Olam but then Hazal's interpretation of this as a Tila that David had for when they brought in the arm could also be true, but we couldn't work out the particulars. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not, I mean, it, it, it's. It, okay. Well, so, well, yeah. Well, so that, that's the interesting thing, right? Is that, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that um, six does seem to be saying that this is um, either a specific generation or all of, uh, all generations, I guess, of Kla Yisrael, you know? Someone said that it's all of uh, 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 the B'nai Yaakov. Let me just see, uh, was it Radak? Um, see, this is why, this is another problem. When I get desperate, I, I binge Mepharshim, and then I never remember who, where I read what. Usually, I'm just going through Radak or Miri, so I'm, I'm getting good. Zedor Dorshav, Mi Hu Sheyali Baharshem B'Makom Kacho Hu Nikipar Levav Levav Zehu Dor Dorshe Hashem Behem Yisrael. Oh, so he says something different. Uh, who said that this could only be in the time of Mashiach? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. So he says Vzehai Shlomo Shaban Habayis. Okay, so that they 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 met the um Dorsh Hashem mark. Uksiv Dorshav connected door shuk derech klal lashon yachid v'kari Dorshav connected haprotim shem rabim. Okay, uh, no, hold on a second. It wasn't him. Someone listed a bunch of generations that this applied to. Was it? Maybe it was the Radak in the first pasuk. Um. Uh. Yeah, it was. Radak on the first page, wide lines. Um, uh, da, 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 the end of the first wide line. Not even every person can go. Who is Zera Yaakov? Right? It's the offering of Yaakov. So he learns this at Sivoy. That they should be clean hands and, uh, and uh, pure of heart. And that's, this happened many times. When? That's open. Okay, I thought things were bad at the time of the show of him, so I don't know what he means there. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, no. So I'm going to No. Ah, interesting. Oh, during the reigns of the show of him. Okay, right. Yeah. It was like up and down. Uh, okay. Um, we made Um, also during the days like Chizkiyahu and Yoshiyahu. Um, this is not uh, true in any other nation. That they serve Hashem together. So he does say it is uh, um, all of Bnei uh, Yaakov, but only when they're all doing good. Yeah. Oh man, Tuffy. So what? What, is, what exactly is bothering? Everything. Uh, everything. One thing that's the- I don't have an answer to the four questions we try to answer. Four questions we try to answer in every Tehillim are uh, what is the Peric saying as a whole? What is the theme or subject? What's the main idea? No clue. What is it saying in detail and how? I don't know. A lot of stuff I don't understand. Is this true in whole or in part? Um, 
I would know if I knew what the idea was <laughs> and what of it, what's the point? I don't know. <laughs> so th this is all, this is all I've got for now. Um, I don't want to spend another week on this. And again, this is the unfortunate thing about the fact that this year is now only a one day a week year. When we had twice as long, I would feel better about like, sometimes what happens is you, you, you delve into it and then you, you go away and then you come back and then you go away and you come back. And it's the time away that like, lets the, lets everything fall into place. And then, you, you know, uh, I, I can't, ju if we, I can't justify another, uh, dud of a shear like this next week. Uh, and so, so the only thing that would change my mind is if, uh, is if, uh, Hashem, uh, you know, gives me, uh, an answer to my tefillos, uh, in the affirmative and, uh, and then we can figure this out and then I'll present to you the understanding. If not, we'll do something else. And I kind of want to take a break from Tillam and do something in tefillah. Um, what? <laughs> uh, tefillah that we say. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what it is yet, but I, I, I'll take requests. What? No, no, tefillah, tefillah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, uh, so like, I, cause I think what happened was the, um, the Q and a about Sim Shalom, uh, whetted my appetite, uh, for doing tefillah. And, uh, and, uh, that's why I also like spend time writing it up this week. Um, so, uh, I want to do something in tefillah. It could just be a line of tefillah. It doesn't have to be like all sugya. Uh, um, you mean, you mean like going through the text of tefillah? Yeah, text of tefillah. Yeah. Shimon Esrei. Oh uh, yeah. Shimon Esrei. Oh, just for yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we mean by tefillah. Yeah. Or specifically, that's not tefillah. What about like a meal? Like, it's not tefillah. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. It could be, a, yeah, it could be a Shabbos Shabbos. Right? It doesn't have to be weekday. Yeah, yeah. I want something in Shabbos Shabbos. Right? Though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we got whatever we got. Look, Moshe only separated three cities of refuge. Okay. Uh, and so we we only got three. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for coming anyway. <laughs> Thank you. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewos at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.